0: This is a music podcast, though. Hello, (laughs) Um, (laughs) listeners, and welcome to uh, the AudioCrats podcast, episode three and a half, four. um, We'll say
1: three. It's episode three. We don't talk about episode (laughs) one. We've we've gone over this. Uh,
0: I am Jacob, and here with me, dude. Do my eyes deceive me? I see two two fellow people on this Skype call with me. Paul, your resident um, hip hop head. Yo and griffin selch griffin say hello to the people officially hello what's up all right so now that the full gang's here we can uh we can really hash out some of these arguments that we've been having i feel like griffin i feel like we've really been missing you because me and paul have a lot of like similarities
2: yeah we need some
1: we need some diverse opinions here and jake and i just don't have those between us yeah
2: yeah Oh man, so so why is my opinion so diverse? I'm curious.
0: I can I can think of one thing. So we're gonna start off this episode with callbacks like we always do. And I want you to to start this podcast with a callback you don't know about since you haven't listened to the other episodes. But we bewowed modern vampires of the city, and I I put Hannah Hunt as my overrated because of two minutes and forty one seconds into it that everyone talks about.
1: Down with Paul's, Hannah Hunt.
0: Paul's on my boat. And we know that you're the, the opposition. you're the holdout here. So so give give us the, the defense. What's the yeah? What is it?
2: What, what on that? Hannah Hunt?
0: Yeah. yeah. Why does everyone love that song so much? Like I like it. It's a good song, but ah, uh, because it's awesome.
2: I mean, so it's. The... On, I'll let you defend this before I start yelling. <laughs> No, I want to hear, hear why you guys dislike or why you think Hannah Hunt is overrated on Modern Vampires. Well, I actually everyone. just re-listened to the album. I bought it for someone on vinyl as Christmas gift. So uh, Modern Vampires is kind of fresh in my mind.
1: Well, like when, when I hear people talk about Hannah Hunt, they go on and on about when the piano kicks in at that 241 mark, apparently. Oh. And honestly, my favorite part of Hannah Hunt are the lyrics at the beginning Like his his little story, yeah, and a little conversation that goes on. Like that, to me, is the most enjoyable part of the song. I don't have those feelings about the piano part coming in. Like to me, it's just a very simple piano melody that, like, it's it's nice, but it's not a moment that I sit there and and like freak out about, like everyone else does.
0: I think, uh, Jake, do you have any thoughts? I'm pretty much in the same. Like, yeah, it's like people. Like, why I listed it as overrated is because so many people are like you know, when when you hit the piano in, in Hannah Hunt, and then they just describe it as, like, the most beautiful, like, part of music they've ever... You know, they're just, like, people act like it's this crazy moment of just, like, they get, like, some, like, Nirvana or some, like, music high from that piano hit in that song, and I just
1: don't no. have that moment. Yeah, like, like to me, like, there are moments... It's a good like, song. ...throughout the album that are way superior from like a musicality standpoint and just listening to it than, than Hannah Hunt. But Griffin, please, please set us straight. I just don't get the emotions.
2: I, I think it's very subjective. And so the fact that you guys don't get the music high off of that bit of Hannah Hunt, uh, that's fine. The, the, what I have to compare it to, the only thing I can think to compare it to that you guys would understand is moments on different Arcade Fire records, right? And so you have, uh, people describe Arcade Fire with the word catharsis all the time. Where um, songs like Crown of Love or Wake Up have like shifts where the song completely changes and it kicks into a higher gear, and people freak out. Right? Uh,
1: Those yeah. wouldn't have been my choices for songs that happen, Song, but I see what uh, you're going with that.
3: Like what? what I mean, Here Crown Comes the life,
1: Nighttime is really where I, you know, if we're gonna go with okay. like that kind of thing, that's where I would. But I nighttime. see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying,
2: right? Um, okay. That's what people are getting at on Hannah Hunt. The, the whole first part of the song is slow and relaxed, and when the piano kicks in, it's not just the piano, it's the increased intensity in the vocals and uh, strings kind of coming in, and it's just a ratchet up in intensity of just emotional intensity of the song that give people the kind of arcade fire level catharsis of like a release by changing up the direction the song is going. That's what I get from Hannah Hunt. I feel like that moment in particular in the record reminds me of similar moments on "Funeral" that do the same thing, where the song changes and there's an emotional release at that moment. Can I
0: say I'm kind of mad because that makes a lot of sense to me, <laughs> and I wanted to like argue. <laughs>
1: but- I hear, I, like I, that makes sense. I just don't get it. Like that is not a oh, that yeah. song doesn't do it. I,
0: I agree my my counter argument would be just like it still feels just so calm and like compared to other songs on the album directly before and after it like it I feel like even the, the increased intensity part is still more relaxed than a lot of those songs I don't know
1: yeah I, I, that's what I, I,
0: I get it that was a good explanation And if it does that for you, then yeah, you're going to love
3: that part. I like Hannah Hunt.
0: I want to argue some more. God.
2: And yes, Crown of Love was a bad bad example for the Arcade Fire. But you guys know what I'm talking about, where there's switch-ups in Arcade Fire records
3: that Mm -hmm. kind
2: of elicit that feeling. I mean, that's what people are getting at when they're talking about um, Hannah Hunt. Yeah.
0: I can I can yeah, I can accept that answer.
2: It it may be overrated. It may be it may be overrated on that album, but um but it's still really good.
0: Okay. Um we can move on from this conversation and go to the rest of our callbacks. I don't know. I texted them to you, Griffin, so if you have anything to comment here on
2: these. Yeah, I may be a songs. little quiet. I was I was trying to, to scrape together some of the best records of the year for me. Um,
3: okay.
2: instead of doing the callbacks. But sounds good. Yeah, we can run quickly. To, uh, I have anything to add? I'll let you know. Perfect.
0: Um, I'll start. So Paul recommended two albums to me last time, and I listened to both of them. I want to hit on Amare first. I don't okay. remember what it was called.
1: The angel um, you don't know.
0: The angel you don't know. And you described it uh, the very hot take of Billie Eilish on trap beats.
1: Uh, correct. Yes, those were the words I used.
0: I understand where you're coming from so the first time i listened to this album i listened to it on shuffle on accident
1: and you i would probably get away with that honestly I,
0: I don't think it hurt the flow of the album but i think like the first two or three songs on the album sounded a lot more like that billy eilish on trap beats okay like if um fancy
1: fancy yeah for sure
0: fancy really sounded like it and what what was weird was i listened to it on shuffle so i heard a couple songs and i was like i don't really think paul's right about this one and then i heard fancy and i was like oh i get it now and then i re listened to some of the other songs and i was like i st- like i don't know it kind of stuck with me after yeah was- you kind
1: of you kind of hear it it's kind of in there
0: yeah so i i i get it i like it it's a fun Th- I can't she reminded me of someone else but I can't for the life of me pin like it, it, it reminds me of another artist more than Billie Eilish but
1: I, yeah I, can't I, I don't that. think that was my, my best comparison I've ever come up with but like that in the moment was what it was a
0: fun hot take
1: it's, it's like I keep coming back to it and now I, like I can't get it out of my head yeah so that's what it will always be but I think there are there is probably a better comparison for Amare
0: yeah um, and then the other one you recommended was Chris Stapleton's Starting Over, and I'm I'm right there with you. I loved it. That was a good country album.
1: Yeah, it's really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I
0: listened through it once. Okay. And Arkansas, just as you described, um, Maggie's song that was the one about the dog, right? Yeah. Very sad. Um, but yeah, I liked the diversity. Like you said, some bangers, some slow stuff. Just all around good album a lot of different you know moods and things hit you know
1: flowed really well
0: nice. definitely definitely i I'm, I'm looking for this to buy on vinyl
1: uh, i actually it. just i purchased it uh i think like two or three days ago there was like 20 percent off sale and oh yeah pulled the trigger
0: i almost bought it for you oh uh, really It's because i saw it on your wish
1: list and i was like oh yeah I don't
0: want to like, get this one for Paul, but I, I, I settled on Beyonce. because
1: Lemonade was a great choice.
0: Lemonade, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Yellow Disc. Um, so yeah, right, both of well, those were good recommendations. Um, did yeah, you Chris listen to check
2: Griffin, out, by chance? No, I didn't, but I'm going to check out the Chris Stapleton record. My country music um, country music knowledge is very, very narrow. Consisting of mostly just Sturgeon Simpson when it comes to modern country. So I will,
3: um,
2: I'm going to check this one out.
1: You could check out um, Jason Isbell as well. His album Reunion, I think it was this year. Oh, it was this year. Yeah. It's sort of a similar ish style to Stapleton. Okay. Um, it's a little rockier, it, I think. It's a little rockier. It's probably more like Americana than True Country, uh, but it's another, uh, I think. You, it's in the vein of things that you would like from that genre.
2: Yeah, I struggle with country music.
1: Uh, you struggle with like red brick, or red dirt country, where it's. I do. Where it's, you know, what you're used to in Indiana. Yeah, not good. But there's some good stuff out there. Um, Jacob, you recommended Miley. I did. And her album, Plastic Hearts. I want to know your thoughts. And I don't know if I'm as high on it as you are, but I think when she sticks to the script of, like, an 80s sort of pop, rock, punk album, I I think it's actually pretty good. And and the songs, like, uh, What the Fuck Do I Know, Plastic Hearts, and I actually liked Golden G-String. Like, those three (laughs) songs, in that, like, vein... I yeah. thought were were really enjoyable and I, I think she actually does it pretty well. Um I think she lost her way at times in that album.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Angels
1: Like You is not a song that I particularly enjoyed. Um and I don't think it was like on the same line as as the eighties banger theme. Yeah. So if she kind of like cleaned up the clutter and like stuck more to the theme she was going for, I think it could have been really good. But Overall, it was enjoyable. It was a good listen. Yeah, that's, I mean, I I, I re-listened to it a couple times
0: since then, and I agree for the most part. Like, I like different songs at different times. It doesn't really flow as an album, I don't think.
1: No, I don't think it does really either.
0: I I don't know. I kind of want to, like, pick and choose random songs that I like for different reasons and play them and put them on different playlists and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. And that um shoot, who did she do the feature with? Uh was that Dua Lipa? There was a Dua Lipa song. Yeah, the, the Dua Lipa song like again it wasn't really 80s although at times I thought it was going to break into the chorus of physical. Um Yeah. But like I thought it was really fun. Yeah, but,
0: no, they they did a cool music video with that one too.
1: So yeah, maybe not in the
3: flow of the album but like a good song regardless. Yeah. And I think that was the only callback I
1: had yeah, for you.
0: that was the only that was the only thing I talked about because we had a busy show last time. Um, Griffin,
2: you you didn't by chance listen to this, did you? No, I didn't. I did though um, in that episode one that we don't talk about anymore. Paul mentioned uh, Barty Strange,
3: and oh, I know yeah. that record
2: came out. That record came out this year, but that Live Forever is making like one of my favorite records of the year. I really really liked it.
1: I'm glad you like that one. I agree.
2: I yeah, really it, listened
0: to it and it is so all over the place. I like as an album I it's just a little too too choppy for me. But I will say that I think Boomer is in yeah. my top ten songs of the year.
2: Boomer's a banger. Boomer fucking slaps. I love but, it. I mean the choppiness is his mission statement though, right? The the almost yeah. the whole point of the album is him <laughs> saying that that we're not getting put in boxes and genres are dumb and let's you know let's branch out and do everything and then he branches out and does everything in 35 minutes and it's, it blew me away i respect what he's doing i just <laughs> i can't listen to it top the bottom
1: so he did a cover of uh samia's song pool from her debut album this year it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome it's like a complete 180 from how that song really goes um yeah. But I love it. Like, I, I want this dude to just pump out albums and like remixes and cover. Like, he's, I think he's going to be great. I'm fine with that because there's a
0: chance that he comes out with another Boomer level song, and I, I'm here for it.
2: I do. I mean, like Jake, you're saying Boomer is probably the best song on the record, and, and it does lean more into kind of the indie rock well. And so uh, I'm not sure whether. I'm not sure whether he just does that better than some of the other genres he touches into or whether it's a personal preference and I just like indie rock more than I like some of the other genres he dips into. But I'm excited to see what he puts out next. Cool. Cool. Um,
0: All right. Uh, That'll wrap up our callbacks. And I think we're going to move on to our main segment today, which is our top albums of 2020.
1: Oh, we don't do Um, new music today?
0: Oh shit! We have such a big new music segment. Um, It's—I mean—he runs the
1: podcast, folks. But
0: I, we got to keep him on track. Runs the podcast is a
1: generous, <laughs> generous. We can way flip to it, it if you want. I'm just following the agenda. I'm no, sorry. no,
0: we should do new music first. Um, okay. So this is new music since our last podcast, which was.
1: Can we do new music to us also for this one?
0: Yeah, That'd yeah, cool. always. But I feel like we have to talk about. Um, one day in particular,
1: there are a couple albums we need to talk about. There were like sure. six
0: albums that on um, December 11th, 2020. This was like the day after we did our last podcast, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah. on December 11th, there were at least four albums I want to at least mention.
1: Yeah, um, that sounds right.
0: So we've got, um, I'll just hit all the ones I remember. We have Sergio Simpson's Cut and Grass Volume 2. Oh, I forgot about that one. Taylor Swift's Evermore, Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon 3, um, Foxy Shazam's Burn, or something. Burn, yeah. I think Burn was the album. Yeah. It was also the single. Um, the Avalanches' We Will Always Love You.
1: Those are the five that I was thinking of. Those were five. I, or four in my plus opinion,
0: Five good albums I would generally recommend. Um Depending on what kind of
1: genres you like, I'll give you four good albums, but we can talk about
2: that shortly.
0: Oh wait, what's what's is it Foxy? No, no, no. We'll talk about it. Go ahead. Okay.
2: Oh, I was gonna say the Foxy Shazam album, but hey, we can we'll skip it. Jake, you're the boss.
0: No, um, what do you what do you? I want strong opinions either side of the aisle on any of these albums. I have a lot of them too.
2: I mean, I just thought Foxy Shazam was subpar. It was it was fine. It had some high points, but yeah. And this is coming from someone that generally likes Foxy Shazam. I mean, I, I think they're self-titled and The Church of Rock and Roll are both really, really good albums that are worth listening yeah. to. And I thought Burn was just okay. okay.
1: So as someone that's not as much on the Foxy bandwagon as, as probably you guys, like, I got what I was expecting out of that album. Like, I thought there were some good songs, and I thought there was some stuff that I was just like, I could put this on in the background and, and listen to it, but not pay attention. Hmm. And so, like, for me, like, I got what I came in for. Okay. It didn't blow me away, though.
0: Yeah. Okay, that was Foxy. Um,
1: other strong opinions. Paul, you said you have a lot. Dude, I hated Kid Cudi's Man of the Moon 3.
3: Oh, Like, okay. every time
1: I listen to it, I, I hate it more. <laughs> And, and it makes me so sad. I mean, we, I personally loved Man on the Mood 1 and 2 and Kid Cudi in general. But like this album, I feel like it's just bad in so many ways. Like The first half is essentially a Travis Scott album, but by someone worse at rapping, worse at ad-libs, and just worse in general at the style than Travis Scott. Um, Kid Cudi's singing is terrible. I mean, it's always been bad, but like it's noticeably terrible throughout major stretches of this album. Uh, I feel like there are some... Like, Elsie's baby boy. What's happening? Um, shoot, there was one line... Oh, on Dive, there is... Like, just this set of lyrics that are just so bad that it, like, is jarring and takes me completely out of the song. Um, But, like, I just, at the end of the day, it doesn't bring any of the energy or, like, the vibes that made the first two albums special, in my opinion. So, like, it's just, like, cheap ripoff of, like, the current style of of rap and hip-hop, but not done in, like, a, a good way and just doesn't... It's not, like, Kid Cudi to me. And I think people like it because it's done by Kid Cudi, but it's, like, it's just not... I don't know. It's not good. Those are my thoughts.
0: Yeah, uh, I was fine. I've only honestly listened to it, like, once or twice. um, And I thought it was fine. I, I will say I don't think anything spectacular stuck out about it. I remember some fun points, but... It... I don't know. I think it was on the same level as Man on the Moon 2 for me, which is like, this is fine. I liked Man on the one, Moon 1 a lot more than 2.
3: but okay. I,
1: I feel like at least 2, he, he was still bringing his like introspective... It's,
0: yeah, it like, sounded... 2, definitely. I agree with the, um, honestly, the singing part that you meant, like... <laughs>
1: He's never been a good singer, but man, like he leans on it in this one. No, just... like,
0: there's something about his singing in the first one, and even the second one a little bit. It's just it sounds like like 2010. It's okay for him to sing like that.
3: It almost felt like genuine tenuous...
1: on those albums too, in a way that like to me it doesn't on this one. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I I agree with that. It's there's something about it that like it, I wouldn't say it sounds better on the earlier albums but it sounds right. Yeah. And it's like I don't think it's good singing on the first albums either but it's cuz like I like it like soundtrack to my life is like a very like pitch heavy sung chorus. You know, it's not like mm. rapping. Like he he like he like has to hit these different notes and he sings and vocalizes. But it's like I said it was my favorite song off that album because there's something about it that that hits right.
1: Yeah, I feel like it feels raw. Like, you can identify yourself in, like, that song and what he is rapping about and what he's, like, going through within the course of this album. And in Man on the Moon 3, like, I just don't... So you just think it's disingenuous? I don't I don't think it's disingenuous. That's
0: what I heard. No, but I... He's I just mean... lying. He doesn't feel bad. No. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> like, take do, tequila shots. Do you shots. feel that
1: in this one? Like, I don't even think the lyrics, like like he still has this kind of like sad boy attitude but like in dive the the line word for word is i need these fucking bods do 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 and we rage until midnight like what is that line it is in the like i i should pull up more of this i'm gonna pull up more of the lyrics because it actually like it is so atrocious in my opinion that it is actually frustrating me to even think about it I can, I have strong opinions on this album. If you couldn't tell, or the listeners, I need those tell. fucking vibes. Do do do, and we rage until daylight. But like, it, it, I don't. It, it sounds so bad in the context of this, or just in in the course yeah. of, this, in my opinion.
2: Are the lyrics worse than the most recent Chance the Album records lyrics? Because those are some of the worst.
1: No, nothing's worse lyrics. than hot showers.
2: Hot showers. Ugh. So I missed this album. The, the first half of December for me was, was really, really busy, and so I, I, I listened to some of these, missed others, but um, I've never been a huge Kid Cudi person in general, so I don't have strong opinions about this.
1: I this just, album. I don't know. I wish Cudi was like still bringing the personal lyrics instead of my microphone. I'm, I'm standing. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever please. he's trying to bring here, which is like generic, like trap party music, sung in a bad voice and done poorly.
2: Is it a theme that uh, hip hop lyrics are going down the toilet this year or the last couple of years? It seems like most of the big rap records I've been looking forward to had horrible, horrible lyrics in them. Just I, I like, think
1: that's that's a that's a cop out answer though. Like I think just with the way, not like a cop out on you. Like I've seen that take a lot, and like I get it. But, like, at the same time, I feel like the whole scene is kind of moving in in a direction less reliant on lyrics and, like, the delivery. Um, so, like, I, I'd rather listen to someone like a Kendrick or a Pusha T or, like, a Freddie Gibbs who, you know, you're getting that delivery and strong lyrics and and well thought out. But I still think there have been some people that have taken this kind of, like, moody... I don't want to call it, like, emo rap, but, like, emo rap sound, like a little Uzi vert, and they've done it in a compelling way and, and with lyrics that, like, are, are still half-decent and, like, they're still there. Right. But I, I think, maybe to your point, if, if they're not done well and it is kind of just, like, thrown against the wall and see what sticks, like, it, you can tell, and it's right.
2: bad. I wonder, and this is probably also a cop-out answer, but it seems to me as genres of music become more and more popular uh they get worse or maybe not get worse but it's easier for people to be lazy with them i think that's so um you you see that same trend with you know after the 60s and the 70s when classic rock or rock music was huge you know the 80s was full of just lazy bullshit and and bad really bad rock music with some gems in there of really good rock music and i'm kind of seeing as hip-hop ascends and becomes the peak of popular music now Right, like rap is number one. Rap's bigger than bigger than Lady Pop that Jake loves. Bigger than than rock music. Bigger than all of it. It's easier for some of these artists to be lazy. Uh, that I
3: agree. think that's
2: I think that's where some of some of my issues with modern rap music is coming from. Uh, most most particularly the most recent Chance record, which I was just tremendously disappointed with. But it seems like you know you had a similar reaction to Man on the Moon Three.
1: Yeah, I, I think. The, the barrier day. to entry is just so low, you know, right now for something to sell well that I, I think that's where it's coming from. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jake. Go ahead.
0: That was the big day, the Chance one. Yeah, it was atrocious. Okay. I really didn't listen to it that much.
1: Just so. listen to Hot Shower. Okay. That's all you need to listen to. I I, I'm actually going to give you do that. the full experience of that album in one song. <laughs>
2: The, no deal. the first song on that album, I don't even remember what it's called, was the best one by far. It starts off on a high note that's honestly not that high, and then it just goes downhill, and you kind of bottom out at Hot Shower, and then you just hang out at the bottom for the remainder of the the full hour. Have you heard Holy,
3: Jake?
1: I know Griffin has because we listened to it together, but have you heard it, Jacob? <laughs> There's a good
2: chance I have,
1: but I'm not like intentionally. Because like that is the quality of that entire album. It okay. it is no better than Holy. Hot Shower and
0: Holy, well,
1: I will listen to. Yeah, listen to I might two. listen
0: to the whole album if I can stand it.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I have the, it, I, I talk about Anthony Fantano and the needle Drop a lot on this podcast, um, but it, his review of The Big Day is <laughs> one of my favorite things.
2: <laughs> it's really funny. Um, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: okay. Really um, cool. Hip-hop, Kid Cudi, Chance, um, uh, Evermore, uh, thumbs up. I thought it was, like, an extension of Folklore, honestly. I don't, I don't think I like it as much, but.
2: Yeah, I'm a little opinionated on, not necessarily Evermore, but just kind of this T-Swift thing that's been going on in general. I think, I think Folklore is good. I think it's fine. I think it's completely overblown, and people love it just because it's a decent Taylor Swift record. And I know Paul loves Taylor Swift.
0: We're gonna so we're fight gonna, today, aren't we,
3: Griffin? We're gonna disagree on that. I
2: feel like this
0: conversation can be extended into the best albums of the year section, so we can. It will be. Um,
3: I think Evermore. the fact that
2: Rolling Stone Rolling Stone chose folklore, I think, is the best album of the year, and that's just. I mean,
3: I don't know. I don't. I don't
2: get it. I think it's a good album. I think it's a. I think it's a very solid, bulky, like good album. But is it the best album of the year? I think just people are freaking out that Taylor Swift is is doing a genre shift. And and I didn't think there was anything super special about it. And then Evermore is the same. It's just kind of like a, like a B-sides B for folklore. And it was That's good. Like, they're not bad. The records are not bad at all. I listened to them. I, I enjoyed them. But I think just because it's Taylor Swift and just because she's doing this this switcheroo, people are losing their minds.
1: So spo- I didn't put it as my best album of the year. I'll just throw that out there now. Spoiler Okay,
2: away. But um,
1: <laughs> I think... At least of the major major label releases this year, I would have no issue with calling folklore the best album of the year. It, like, and that's for I feel like a lot of publications like that's where they're going to go. They're not going to dig down into some of the deeper ones, and that's Rolling Stone should. So there's no excuse there. But I I, I do think I would call them better than just solid albums. But that's just my personal music taste infiltrating in there.
0: Um, Paul, I want to know. Evermore versus folklore, like, how does it... Are they, are they very different to you? Or, like, I like Griffin's explanation
1: of, like, it's just a B-side, because that's exactly my thoughts. So for the first couple, maybe really just first listen, I would agree with you. That is exactly how I perceived it. I was like, this. there's nothing on this that I would have put onto folklore. Um, I don't think that way anymore, although I still think it is a little bit worse than folklore. I, I do... Actually, I do like Evermore a lot, and I think there are some spots where I think it's better, and I think she's yeah, able think. to, like, I don't know, capture a sound a little better than she did in folklore. I think there's a there's a couple more songs on folklore that are forgettable, and I think in the middle of that album, you kind of ride through a couple of songs, and if you're not paying attention, you'd never know you even switch spots. I don't think that's the case on Evermore. I think it's more memorable. I think it's a little more interesting and I think if you took the very best songs on Evermore and compared them to Folklore, I might even get Evermore The Edge. Um, unfortunately for Evermore, there are three songs in a row that I think are the worst of either album.
3: And it oh. kills
1: me. And those are Coney Island. Oh. I, 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 I love that it. duet between her um, and the National Frontman, whose name I can't remember right now. Matt Berenger? Matt Beringer. I think it's horrendous. I really dislike. it. I love it. <laughs> that one. You, um, you don't like the national though, right? Paul Paul doesn't really like the, nat- the national. I it's really just I don't love I don't love his singing. It's hard for me to get into. Um, right. But I just don't think he, him and her really link up well on that song. Um, it's followed by Ivy, which like isn't a bad song, but it doesn't fit like that album. Like it's it's a major shift. I feel like in sound that to me doesn't make sense. And then Cowboy Like Me immediately follows that. And that song like, legit puts me to sleep.
0: I didn't I, like Cowboy
1: I, Like Me. so I really dislike it. And so when those three go back to back to back, uh, I, I, I don't know. That's where I get lost. I have six
0: songs hearted on Spotify forevermore, and you listed two of them. <laughs> Way to go.
1: <laughs> I think I can give you what I thought were the best. Um, yeah. I thought Champagne Problems is a great song i like that it's really really good i think the lyrics in there are like that's where she really shines um her lyricism is top notch and i i think that song is a really good example of that um i think tis the damn season tis the damn season i really like that song i think it's um catchy i like the instrumentation uh again i i think the lyrics are good um, and then I think the last three that close it out, which would be Marjorie, uh, Closure, and Evermore, I think are three really, really strong songs in a row. And I think there's where it really leans into to that sort of national... And even I, I hear a lot of Bruno, Justin Vernon um, influence there. It's a lot of that kind of glitchy guitars, um, piano, um, and you've got backing vocals from Vernon on all three of those. And I, I think... I don't know. I think it's a really good closer of the album. And I, I honestly think if you just removed like five songs from the middle, I don't know. It'd be really good. I, it is too long for you. I think you could make a 12-song album from Folklore and Evermore and take the highlights, and I think you could make it flow. And honestly, God, it might be one of my favorite albums that's ever been made.
2: I was going to agree with you, Paul, that I think I think folklore has by far the stronger first half. And I think evermore has a stronger back half or, or at least like end to the record. Right. And so like the one and the last great American dynasty from folklore are like standouts for me in the beginning that are really just like really fun, cool Taylor Swift songs. And then I agree with you. My favorite part of evermore was just the final song. Uh, and those, those final three are really good, really cohesive. Mm-hmm. Like you said, hitting kind of that, that Bonnie there kind of, indie folk style that i really like, and so you could take maybe the first half of folklore and the back half of evermore and make something that's really
3: really yeah. really good
2: I,
1: I, and, the, and the thing is too there's no i don't know if it quite hits the highs of folklore like betty on folklore is an amazing song mm-hmm. and and i don't think she quite hits that on evermore either i guess so it's like I'm just, I'm with you. I'm kind of like wanting more from evermore at the same time. It's just like, I want to match the two albums together and just like make one mm. good one and throw out all the crap and yeah. call it a day. But I liked it. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad Taylor released two albums. If she sticks with this theme, I'm happy for it. And if she decides to release a collab album with Justin Vernon, like I may literally die of happiness. So, <laughs> that, that would be pretty
0: great they do like
1: complement each other really well I'm, and
0: there's like a i think it's yeah. on netflix a like uh it's basically just a a a concert of like them recording in the studio of folklore and i watched some of that and it's y- like you get to see them like singing as they're like recording like a live version of it in like a cabin in the woods fucking some you know like somewhere that just fits the aesthetic of that whole whole album anyways it's kinda funny and it's it's um it's her, Jack, Antonoff, and, and Aaron Tessner. Okay. And then Bon Iver, like or uh, Justin Vernon, for like the song he's in. Um, he, likes he likes He yeah. likes Yeah. Okay. But it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, if you ever just, like, want to listen to it while you're just, like, home and, like, throw it on the TV, kind of, like, see them vibe, I don't know. There's good chemistry. They all, like, look, they're having fun. And, like, I know Taylor and Jack are, like, really tight. Because Jack yeah. produces
1: most of her stuff. And, yeah. Uh, is, um, yeah. Dude, maybe they'll just make a band of those four. That'd be cool. I'd be into that. I Super love great. Jack Antonoff. They'd name. be
2: all over the damn place, but I'm here for the We're kind of bouncing around a little bit, but I did want to hear your guys' thoughts on the Avalanches record because I missed that record. I haven't listened to it yet. And I'm a huge Avalanches fan. And especially um, since I Left You, is was their first album that I thought was really, really interesting. So did you guys have thoughts? If we're still in the new, new music segment.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, we're still there. Um, yeah, I know so Jared for sure. I'll take the lead. I love this album. Like, we're going to talk about this album later. oh, Because I love this album so much. And I, this is, I've never listened to the Avalanches before. Maybe okay. once or twice, like on accident. And okay. I, Paul told me to listen to this one because he was, like, someone else recommended it or whatever, and I I think it's fantastic. It's got um, a lot of, like, downtime almost, where there's just, like, really cool, like, ambient things that are happening. I think you would like it, Griffin, because it's kind of, like, Radiohead-ish in that, like, there's not always something, like, happening You kind of just, like, it's, like, ambient in the background, but there's all these cool things that happen and like, probably like a third probably like a half of the album is like just weird ambient things and then the other half are just like songs that like like every time you kind of come up and you like hit one of the like real songs is how it i categorize them on my mind it just i'm always just pulled straight into it i think it flows really well the transitions are great and i yeah i have almost no complaints i can listen to this it's like such a big long album too. And I can get from like top to bottom in like no problem.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I've heard that it's very different from their previous stuff. And Jake, I don't know if you've listened to they've Not got okay. three albums total, including this one. And so their first two albums are comprised entirely samples. So since I left you came out in two thousand and it's a record that they just took kind of unlicensed soul samples off of old records. And compiled them all together and made really? songs out of them with barely recording their own instrumentation or vocals in it. Um, and it's really, really cool and really interesting and really weird. Um, and they had a record called Wildflower in 2016 that was partially sample-driven and partially some of their recording their own stuff. And I think with We Will Always Love You, they're moving more into collaborating with current artists and recording yeah. their own stuff. So they've kind of they've moved from being a group that. Slices samples together and makes music to like I don't want to say a real band but you know recording their own sounds and so it's uh it's an interesting transition and I'm really excited for it because I I do really like their old stuff
0: yeah I they do they do have a big wall of of features on here I, I know like half of them maybe like a good amount of them and there's some there's some big names in there and it's I don't know it's a lot of fun like, this album makes me, like, so happy. Because, like, it, I don't know, like, like I've had, like, a couple, like, bad days, you know, or whatever. And, like, since the last time, like, I don't know, we talked about all this. And I literally, the first thing I do is, like, I'm going to go put this album on. And it's just, like, by, like, the fifth or sixth song, I'm, like, in a better mood. Like, it has been, <laughs> it's been, like, borderline therapeutic for me. And. <laughs> I, I, I've listened to this album probably a dozen, 15 times in, what, two weeks?
3: Great. I mean, that's a long wow. album. Wow.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Big, big fan. Never heard of the Avalanches before. Check
2: out Since I Left You. Me tell me what you think.
0: I've been meaning to, but we've been flooded with new music. Um, Paul, anything
2: well, to add? I'm, I'm,
1: I'm glad... My recommendation was was good. Yeah. You like it this much? um You definitely like it more than I do. I I have sh- trouble. I don't want to say I get bored with the album, but I almost a little bit get bored with it. I I, I, would expect I don't. To. It's not. Yeah, I I don't feel those peaks. I think as much as you do, and and often like I've listened to it. I think two or three times now. I just had trouble like differentiating between the songs and. It could go a long way, and I would be like, "What am I like? What am I waiting for?" Like I know those moments are there, mm-hmm. and I think I'd even just like gone right past some of them. Like it just doesn't hit quite as strongly for me as yeah. it did for you.
0: And yeah, you, I mean, you've laid out your blueprint for like a good album, and it's like ten songs, and like has the <laughs> has the high moments and stuff. And yeah, it, pretty much. <laughs> it, this is the opposite of that. It is just yeah. like. 25 songs all strung out and there's moments and i do agree a lot of them kind of sound the same but i don't know like i don't know it
1: feels like i'm like in a spaceship (laughs) i can i can see the appeal of this album like i definitely can get how someone could love it it's just not quite for me yeah that's what that's
0: about where i was expecting your answer to be yeah i didn't think you'd love it but i i don't know i think it's good enough where you can at least recommend some of like singles off of it and there's the,
1: the one with Jamie xx I really liked like that was my favorite off the yeah. album.
0: There's another know. one with um, Denzel Curry that kind yeah, of reminds me. Yeah, that was fun too. Your, like like how he like, did the Glass Animals song,
3: <laughs> and I was just <laughs> yo, like, yo, it, yo, it feels
0: YouTube. completely different from the rest of the album because he's just like he's just like up there rapping and there's no other rap on the yeah. album whatsoever. But it works. It sounds really good and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, okay enough with december 11th 2020 any other new music what you've been listening to i got one more yeah.
1: um and this is courtesy of some year-end lists that i was listening or trying to go through and see like what i had missed this year and what else i should to listen to um but inner song by kelly lee owens this one caught me a surprise it is um sort of in. Electro pop, like indie electro pop record. You said electro pop. <laughs> it is, it, it is sort of a la In Color by Jamie XX, would be what I like compare it to off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but there are some spots in this album where, uh, Kelly sort of like glides over these like bassy electronic beats in a way that is just like stunning. Um, and I, th- my, number one fault with this record is that she doesn't do it enough. Like she uses these like upper register moments, like very sparingly throughout the record. And, and I think it helps to create like those moments when they do happen, but you're, I'm left wanting more. And my, like when I compare it to in color, I think Jamie can do a lot more with just the like instrumentals and just the, I don't know, the EDM portion of it, just the, the generating of the, like, the beats. He can do a lot more to generate, like, emotional responses just from those. Uh, but when she uses her voice in this record, in her song, like, I I don't know. I think she can make a better record than In Color in the same style. So um, I would check this one out. Uh, my highlights would be On, uh, Night, and then Wake Up. This song's, like, with a really, 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 really cool vocal effect going on. And then... Um, arpeggi and jeanette um are more on the uh just like the the beats instrumentals electronic side i think those are her two strongest there
0: i will say i did listen to this right when it came out it was like august or something Mm -hmm. i think um i remember liking it but i'll have to re-listen to it because that was a while ago now (laughs)
3: Yeah,
1: and it, it's, it's almost weird. It's an album that I think I liked the most on my first listen, and I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. Uh, but there are, there are some like moments I would truly call stunning with the vocals on here. Yeah, I'll have to listen for that.
2: So that's all I got. Cool. I'm
1: excited about this one. I've listened to it a lot recently.
2: Approach cool. the wreck. You said Electro Pop,
1: and I was sold. <laughs> If you liked In Color, I think you will like this album.
3: I do really like In Color.
1: Cool. All
0: Um, right.
2: What are what are we on to, Jake?
0: Who's ready for top albums of twenty twenty?
1: So ready? Yeah. Um
0: Griffin, how many did you amass? Like what's your list look like? Oh I
2: don't don't have a list. I have just got things that I kind of wanted to mention that I that I enjoyed, also things that I was disappointed by. I have just got kind of a, a general a general list in my head of of talking points. Um, I, I've been have not been good about keeping up to date on new music this year, and so mine's probably less comprehensive than your guys's. Um, I'll let you drive
0: right now because I think we'll hit all your talking points, and then me and Paul will go through together and count down from ten. Because you have a list of 10, right, Paul? I do. 10 to
2: 1? Cool. Well, I'm probably going to take a lot of recommendations from your guys' list. I've, like I said, I've been locked away in a cage this year. It's been hard for me yeah. to do uh, music. music. How dare um, you try to save to, lives? Yeah, how dare I? I did want to mention, um, there's, there were a couple albums from some rock mainstays this year. Um, the Killers had a new record, The Strokes had a new record and then the 1975 had a new record. Did you guys have thoughts on any of those? Neither of those were like my favorite albums of the year, but I thought all of them were interesting in their own way. I think they were all flawed in their own way. I thought the 1975 record was totally bloated. Uh, it It had some high spots on it, but in general, I thought it was kind of disappointing compared to their previous output. I've never been the biggest 1975 fan, but, I was gonna um, say
1: you just described 1975
2: album for me. Yeah, I was like, that's right. every 1975 album. This one, this one was bloated compared, like in comparison to their most recent stuff. It was, I thought it was bloated. Do you um, have a favorite High Point, album? Like, I thought Notes was good. Notes was their. their last notes was this one. Right?
1: Notes was this one. A what brief
2: one inquiry to online relationships. was A brief, was the last a brief one. inquiry, I think, is my favorite. I think okay. that kind of hit the sweet spot for me. Of being experimental and being a fun pop rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Notes went a little bit too far into this year, and I thought the intro to that record just makes me cringe every single time I listen to it. Yeah.
1: Oh, Brief Inquiry. It's,
2: no, no, oh, notes.
1: no, no, it's,
3: oh, Okay.
1: It's atrocious.
0: It's yeah. It's just the one where where the person's like, "We need to do something to save our planet," and all that. yeah.
3: I'm banging I get my what head they're head-
2: doing.
0: It's a good message. It's. But is
2: your rock record the place to like put a giant like speech on the first song? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I understand that like political commentary has has a huge place in music, and it doesn't even need to be subtle. Like, you can hit me, you can hit me over the head with it, but don't start your 1975 record with a speech on like global emissions.
0: Appreciate that. Anyway. Yeah.
2: I yeah, I agree. It just
0: just the sound of it. Like, even if you're like. You know, don't speak English. It just you're just like, why are they just saying words in this weird robotic voice? You know, it's 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 yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, uh,
2: other than that, I really like The Strokes' record this year, um, and I also really like The Killers' album this year. None of them, neither of them, were I think the best record that those groups have ever put out. I thought The Strokes had a good return to form, and I thought it was consistent. Um, kind of unremarkable but consistent and fun and and i always enjoy more strokes music um i thought the the killers had one of the most fun records they put out in a really really long time um some of the the high points on this album like um like caution and um oh i'm blanking on some of these i like the title oh my track. god is one of my favorite my,
0: god. my god's good too
2: the Mirage, dying breed i thought it's super fun. Um, uh, My Own Soul's Warning. I thought there were, there were big highlights of that, of that album that I just want to go see the Killers live again to hear some of these songs be played on the stage. Um, other than that, um, Tame Impala for me is a huge group and they came out with a record this year. Um,
3: the that Slow was Rush. Hearing,
2: the Slow Rush was a little disappointing to me. It's landing in the bottom half of of Tim and Paula albums, um, well, I will say before, "Lost in
1: Yesterday" was one of my one of my favorite songs of the year from that album.
2: Right, um, "Lost in Yesterday" was really good. I think as an entire project, I thought it was too slow. I thought that um, compared to Currents, which they put out last, uh, Currents had a lot of energy for me, and the slow rush, I haven't really found myself in the mood for. I Maybe I'm missing. I know it's On the title,
0: Griffin. It. It's the slow rush, not the fast
2: rush. <laughs> um, That's fair. And uh, yeah, I struggled with it. Other than that, um, Heim, it, it's Heim, right? That's how you pronounce, uh, Women in Music Part yeah. 3.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. I love that record. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I hadn't really listened to their previous stuff. And I saw this on some end of the year list of people saying hey this is a fantastic you know alt rock record and i listened i've listened to it a couple times and just really really enjoyed it really solid guitar work really great instrumentals um good vocals it's i don't know what it reminds me of so maybe you guys can help me vocalize where the album kind of fits for me but it just sounded like i don't know it sounded like almost perfect Almost perfect, like mid two thousands to late two thousands alt rock to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like,
2: Haim isn't that new
0: to me. At least I've been listening to them for a number of years now, and they're just kind of like, I I would say this is their best record they've had, and Mm -hmm. at least for me. And it's like, it it's it's right. It kind of fits that alternative rock poppy kind of kind of category, and they just nailed it with
1: this one. I agree. I also agree. I think, um, so they had Rostam and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name on production for this record. Um, more formally, formerly known for his Vampire Weekend production and group participation fame. And I think his production really is noticeable on this album. And I think he does a really good job of bringing out the best in Heim. Mm -hmm. And that's what it reminds me of the most. I think you get some early, like vampire weekend vibes in there but just that sort of like time period and that sort of upbeat kind of fun easygoing rock sound uh is what i hear the most on that album
2: yeah i didn't know that he produced it and that makes a lot of sense that i'm getting kind of you know mid-2000s indie rock vibes from it is that's where vampire weekend got their start Um, i really enjoyed the record and i think it deserves all the praise it's getting this year
1: do you think it deserves to be on the Grammy's Best Album of the Year list? This is a callback I for so. you. Okay. I,
2: I think so. But I, this is, this is my genre. This is what I, what I enjoy listening to. You know, if I had to pick something, it would be this type of music. And so when a group comes out and puts a record out that's this solid and consistent and just, just really well done, I, I'll put it on the Grammys list. What well, won the Grammy this year? As, as a, it's as not, they a haven't happened yet. yet. No. Yeah, they haven't. No? No.
1: That was nominated for Best Album, though.
2: For yeah. Best Album?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, the Phoebe Bridgers album, Punisher, was fantastic.
0: I think Paul Paul really doesn't like Phoebe Bridgers. I am, like, probably in between where you two are.
1: I don't really not love... I'm just indifferent. <laughs> like, I just don't understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: think it's fine. It's a good album. I like you. I don't... And I like Kyoto, too. Kyoto's the high point. Um, I enjoyed, I just enjoyed the vibe of, of Phoebe Bridgers. I think it's, it's really relaxing. And it kind of fills that, it sounds nothing like Bon Iver, but it fills that same space in my mind that for emma fills on Bon Iver as a kind of a quiet, like, fun, relaxing album. And, and that's, that's my best way to explain why I enjoy Phoebe Bridgers.
1: Did you just use the word fun to describe For Emma?
2: For Emma's not fun, but For Emma is enjoyable to listen to. It's sad, but it's also. Okay. I'm
1: just giving you you crap. I'm
3: just pushing (laughs) buttons right now.
2: For for Emma, it's fun. I'll I'll die on that hill.
3: (laughs) Still I think that's
2: how you described
0: Funeral by Arcade Fire, eh, Paul?
1: Oh, that's Um, true that's true we had yeah. an argument about that at one point i was like it makes me sad <laughs> i think forever makes me more sad than funeral ever could. but they're both fun uh, uh griffin
0: this yeah, is why i, love I don't this have
3: this podcast why they say
1: stupid things no because it brings some <laughs> hot takes and some spicy opinions that jake and i don't have <laughs> Ah uh, yes, okay.
0: let's all have fun at the funeral. <laughs> all right I'm so glad all my relatives died.
2: <laughs> I don't have much guys. It was uh, no, a it was a okay. busy year for me and, and building on the new music was not uh, not high on the list. Both Sturgill Simpson Bluegrass albums, despite me really not liking Bluegrass I thought were were really good.
1: I will say of, of the albums you did listen to this year you picked good ones.
0: Yeah, like I, You
1: didn't listen I to like, Garbage.
0: I like all <laughs> no. of the albums you, you listed. Um, I think of the ones you listed, Heim is my highest. All the rock ones, the first three, those were all really good albums. I agree. I don't have any of them on my top ten.
2: I um, probably wouldn't have them on my top ten either, but I thought they were worth mentioning. Um, yeah. no, This is kind of like an honorable mention section almost. So. Yeah.
1: I was pleasantly then, surprised by both The Killers and The Strokes Yeah, um, coming out with those records.
2: Right. And the last, just so we throw an EDM slot in here, is the Kygo album this summer. Um, partially made up for me not being able to go to any concerts. I, I really, I enjoyed just kind of having a fun, like again, oh, this one's actually fun, unlike for Emma. Fun <laughs> summer dance record, right? Um, I have a soft spot for Kygo because I saw Kygo in concert in Chicago on his first US tour, like, you know, five or six years ago.
1: Oh, so you're, but an, I really, you're a
2: Day One fan. Day One fan. I really enjoy his stuff. Um, I thought the Zach Brown Band feature on this record is really, really interesting and something that I wasn't expecting to hear a country band do vocals on a dance track, and it works. Um, I enjoyed it. It was, it was kind of the album of the summer for me, and so I've got to throw that on there as well.
0: I will say I did listen to Broken Glass because it has my Lady Pop Queen, Kim mm-hmm. Petras on there. Uh, I love that song. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's not like... I guess I didn't really realize a whole album came out with it. We, I, this is not my genre at all, but I was like, I'll listen to it because it has my, my Lady Pop Girl on it.
3: Yeah.
0: Because I have to spin everything in my, my Lady Pop lens, you know.
2: Sure. Absolutely.
0: But no, I oh, like it. it. I, I like listening to Kygo when, when he comes on. I enjoy it. I think he's one of the better EDM artists right now. And I, I like how he, like you said, works with a lot of different
1: artists and diversifies kind of the sounds that he he puts out. Can we do a quick tangent on being day one fans? Sure, sure. So Griffin, do you remember at Bonnaroo? We went to Bonnaroo, by the way. Um, do you remember who we saw in the middle of the day? Um, like almost yeah. against our will, if we're being honest. Um, who would, I never would have thought would have been popular in the future. Billie Eilish? Billie freaking Eilish. I feel like we're day one fans of Billie Eilish. I think we can claim that.
3: I think your yeah, day Billie one
1: Eilish's set was
3: not that good. That doesn't matter.
1: We can say we saw her before she was cool.
3: <laughs> we did. We Do did. you remember what
1: else we saw that day at that concert? Did we see on that day? No, I just, I just mean like the people that we... Do you remember the people that uh, our, our concert mate was taking pictures with at that set? No. Oh, they had the socks.
2: Oh, I do remember that. Do You remember that? Yeah, that was that. Bonnaroo is a giant blur for me.
1: <laughs> Anyways, that's my tangent.
0: What year was... was that, 2017?
1: 2018. 18. 18, okay. She was like pretty much popular at that point, but in my brain. I'm a day one fan.
0: Yeah.
1: I haven't seen that one yet. No. Ocean Eyes, I think, was like her biggest song at that point in time. Yeah, I saw her at ACL 2019, and
0: she was on the main stage. Like, It was fun.
1: Yeah, she was like 2.30 on a Saturday, I think. Anyways, that contributed nothing to this conversation, but here we are. (laughs)
0: um all right uh so yeah that's that's a pretty good list griffin a lot of good albums there and i think a lot of things i don't think either paul or i were gonna touch on so it was the honorable mentions list. cool all right well paul i guess the clock moves over to us now um do you want to start out with your number 10
1: sure can i throw two more honorable mentions out there from
0: Sure. My list, my honorable uh, so list
1: is like twenty long. So, De- Declan McKenna and Zeros. Okay, um, I want to give him a shout out. I really like that record. And then, not really an honorable mention, but a song from an album that I'm not going to mention is "On the Floor" by Perfume Genius. Everybody should listen to the song. It may be my favorite album, or sorry, favorite song of the year. But unfortunately, I don't like that album.
0: Dude, so. I, I, one, I second that completely. I. I remember recommending that song to <laughs> yeah. you, and I was like, "This album came out. Don't listen to it. Just listen to the one song. Yeah, because it's awesome." <laughs> and I, like this album, I keep seeing it in like top people's top five. <laughs> it's like everywhere, not, and everywhere, like, I do not get it.
1: I don't understand.
0: That song is awesome. There's a couple other good points, I guess, but like, uh, it was, you know, like 15 tracks of like, I I just want to listen to this one song again.
1: Yeah. But I feel like that song alone deserves a mention because it is incredible. All right. All right. But Um, My number 10, uh, we actually did briefly touch on it, was Starting Over by Chris Stapleton.
2: Oh, nice. Um,
1: And I'll give you my three favorite songs with each of these. Cool. Um, And so for this one, it's going to be Starting Over, the title track, Hillbilly Blood, and Watch You Burn. And we've talked about this album, but I think it's a great modern country album great lyricism, great instrumentals. Um, overall, just a really, really fun album to listen to. Cool.
0: All right, well, my number 10. This is one, you know, I went back and I made this list, and I don't think I ever mentioned this one, and I meant to. Um, it is um, Impossible Weight by Sea Diver. And it's just like an indie, it's like a laid-back indie rock Album, and it is just it's it kind of fits all your your qualities, Paul. It's 10 tracks long for me, and I think you honestly I don't know why I've never mentioned this to you. Um, when I started, yeah, I don't don't know this one. When I started putting this list together, I was like, oh, I gotta put this one on there, and it came out kind of recently, it was like October or something, and I think it just got lost in all the clutter of all the other podcast stuff we've been doing. Um, my favorite tracks, Lights Out. And then impossible weight which is um, featuring sharon van etten and then lightning bolts but honestly every single track on this album is really solid it's just laid back indie rock really good guitar work really good you know drums and piano pretty traditional sounding not too much craziness going on but really well produced and a little um i like what the like the lead singer kind of does with her with the vocals she kind of kind of goes it feels like she's going out of her comfort zone and it really really works really well
1: i want to check that one out it actually sounds very much up my alley so yeah that's kind of my under under the radar pick okay um
0: but my number 10 i felt like i couldn't leave it off the list it was too good
1: awesome um i can go for nine then Unless um, you want to, let's
0: let's do turns. So I'll do. Want to switch off? Okay. Yeah, I will switch off. So number nine for me is um, folklore. Okay. And I feel like we talked a lot about this one. It definitely is in my top ten, but it's kind of near the back. Um, I, I I think I'm closer to Paul than Griffin on on this one. Um, for the sake of the top ten, I will pick a um, a three. My three favorites. Oh god, this is hard. I have more than three. I really like Exile. I think that's the best one on the album, honestly. Um, and then I'll do Mirrorball and Invisible String. Okay. my I don't know. There's, there's a ton of good ones, though. I think everyone knows this, so
1: I don't... Yeah. We... I don't feel like I need to... <laughs> you don't have to describe. <laughs> yeah. Folklore. Okay. Uh, so for my number nine, I did The Weeknd's After Hours. Okay. Which I feel like is basically just what like an hour of straight pop bliss. Like it's it's awesome.
3: Yeah, I like it. It a lot. moves it
1: moves a little bit. Like it
0: starts out a little like slower and R and B er, I think.
1: But and it starts strong in my opinion. Like it is slow, but I feel like yeah. you're sucked in immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah. And slow is not definitely not like a bad thing. And you hit all you hit all the you know, all the, the singles, the blinding eye lights in, in your eyes and save your
1: tears. Yeah. I was gonna say that faith, Inside. blinding lights. In your those, eyes, save your tears. Those like four that four song power. stretch like that stacks up against any other album that has come yeah, out this year, for sure. Agreed. So that's why that's my number nine. Um, I guess I'm supposed to do number eight now. Yeah. Um, so eight. I'm going to throw out uh, Barti's Strange Live Forever. Um, Griffin mentioned this earlier. Um, but I I have very similar thoughts to him. We talked about it in the episode that'll never be spoken of. But Mustang, Boomer, Ghostly would be my three highlights on this album. But it is really just—it's a fun album. It's all over the map in terms of genres, sound styles, but they're all done well, and I think it's worth giving a listen. Cool. Um,
0: all right, my number eight is The Weekends After Hours. Hello. Oh, cool. so <laughs> pretty close together there. Um, I don't think I have much to say that you didn't. Um, that. I like his, that four song stretch is awesome. And then I will say Hardest to Love, um, the third track on the album.
1: I like that one a
3: lot. It's
0: really fun too. Yeah, I agree. I think um,
3: After yeah. Hours is one of those albums that you can just put on at a party, having people over, having drinks. And I've done this several times this year and just let it play start to fr- like front to back and it's perfect. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's one of the better party records of this year.
0: I actually can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like when blinding lights comes on, like everyone's going to just like <laughs> start bombs. doing like the TikTok dance and stuff. Yeah. Um okay, so then we're moving to my number 7. You're
1: 7. Yeah.
0: So my number 7 is um the debut album from Samia. <laughs> Is this your number seven? <laughs> no, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have some overlap here, I already know. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, yeah. The Baby. The Baby is the name of the album. Um, highlights on this one are Triptych is my favorite, and then Winnebago, um, Fit and Full, are probably my um, some of my highlights. And I, I don't know. I love this album. Um, I like I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of it's indie pop, right?
1: It's definitely indie pop. it's, it's and, actually I would call it sort of an indie rock, alt rock.
0: Yeah, it, it's got it's got some rock elements in it for yeah. sure and just what she does with her voice is the reason it's here. The way her voice mixes with the instrumentation and the the synth, you know, noises that come out and everything. Um, do you have anything you want to add here paul or do you want to wait I do Do you
1: want me to wait till i uh, say right. mine we can, wanna... we can wait until it's your turn until you okay get there. okay
0: um sammy of the baby really good indie pop sound um <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah all right <laughs> so i'll get seven. seven out of the way i'll get seven out of the way first i had taylor swift um i just did folklore slash evermore yeah, I, like, I was gonna TV, They're so similar yeah
0: no that's acceptable i I'll allow that.
1: Yeah, again, if, if we made a 12-song album out of those two, maybe my album of the year. Maybe we, we should do that. Maybe we... I'm
0: willing to do it. Let, we'll we'll, we'll table, that, table that idea for a future episode. Um,
1: continue, sorry. ever folk. Um, I thought Exile, Last Great American Dynasty, and Betty would probably be my top three on folklore. Although, shout out to Illicit Affairs, which I think is an underrated track on that album, which is really good. Um, And then on Evermore, I talked about it, Champagne Problems, Tis the damn Season, and Evermore would be my favorites from that one. And then number six, wow, who's here? Samia the Baby? (laughs) 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 Um, So my three would be Fit and Full, Big Wheel, and Triptych. But I have to say, I, I think the one thing that you didn't mention, Jake, that I think sets this record apart is sort of the emotional rawness that is in this album. I mean, you feel it from start to finish. Like it is, there's no, um, like masking what she's trying to say here. Like, there's no, um, like clever lyrics. She's I want to say, it. she's very upfront with it, um, very blunt, for lack of a better word.
0: I think because I remember when I, um, recommended you to listen to this album and your first impression of it was kind of like, eh,
1: yeah. And I know you're not was. the
0: biggest lyric guy, but I think what we t- we, what we can take away from that and what we would recommend listening to a Griffin and audience is like, like sit down and listen to it carefully. You know, don't just kind of put it in the background and like listen for the, you know, the noises that sound pretty. Like listen to the words, feel what's happening and you'll get it.
1: There is no more emotional moment in music this year, in my opinion, than is there something in the movies that like last 30 seconds of that song. Like, almost brings me to tears. I think it is so touching.
0: I have that one harder. That's my number four.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think it is a really special ending to an album.
3: I think both of you have told me to listen to this album at different points this year. And I think I did listen to it once on a drive and was very mad on it. Probably because I was driving and thinking about other bullshit and it was on in the background.
1: And so... he was hungover, pissed that he was just called gay at a wedding and, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and driving back to, back to home. Who else was called gay at the same wedding?
1: Well, you know, I was too, so I was also
3: kind of pissed, but
1: <laughs>
0: nothing to be mad about. But... It's okay. My girlfriend thought I was gay when I met her.
1: So we're aren't all... Aren't we just three of them? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was fun, though. I think that was probably not the best environment for you to be first exposed to that album.
3: <laughs> we have great times together. When we, we do. Good times with good friends.
1: Okay, well, those are my seven and six, Jake. Back over to you. Am I to six? You are to six. Cool.
0: Uh, my number six is Charlie XCX's quarantine album, How I'm Feeling Now. Um, we B-Wowed this last week or last episode and I feel like we talked about it a good about then but it's just a really fun pop album um, that kind of unlike a lot of Charlie's other music there's no fe- not many features on it there's one I guess and it's just her kind of doing whatever the hell she wanted to do in quarantine um I think there's a lot of like cool emotional stuff that she like put in the lyrics because right it's how i'm feeling now it's kind of about all of what's going on in her head and processing the you know the, the virus and all this stuff and it's just a lot of fun i just fucking jammed to this album um if i had to pick three highlights forever is this like the, the lead single and my favorite off the album um I'll do claws as well. as a lot of fun and C two point oh. Every honestly, I like all the songs on this album. There's not a.
1: It's a, hard to go wrong on this. There's one. not a
0: real weak point. It moves pretty quickly and it is it's it fits Paul's model of short, sweet, happy. All the songs slap. It does. I'm a little higher on it than you are. Yeah, yeah. I would, I know you really like it. So yeah. Um, that was my. Is it, is it me again? That was yeah. Was number six. That was, that was, six. was, that was my five. six. Okay, yeah. so then my number five. We already talked about it. It's the Avalanche's. This is a pretty heavy tilt pick for me because this album just came out. I was but gonna like say said, the
1: recency bias can go both ways. I feel like.
0: Yeah, I was like, I might end up higher. I, I I don't know. That's why I put it at five. I felt that was like a fair middle ground because right now I think it's just my favorite. Like I wanted to put it number one because like. If I could go, like, if I had to go listen to an album right now after this and just sit through it and enjoy it all, it'd be this one, because it's, okay. it's the, it's just what I want to be listening to all the time. But um, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to add there. I'll hit my highlights really quickly. Um, the Divine Chord is the, really the first highlight on the album, um, and then. I don't know how like I don't want to just say interstellar love because it's like it's like the very beginning of interstellar love. Like the build up, like the first 40 seconds, I just think how they do that is so cool. And it's really nothing that special but just like fading in from like ambient synth noises to like like a groovy melody. but it, it's awesome. And the rest of the song's like really good too, but the way that that build up in the first 40 seconds of interstellar love it gets me every time. And then um, We Go On, is just it's just very fun. I just want to dance to We Go On. And that's my, my other highlight. Number five, Avalanches, We Will
1: Always Love You. Awesome. Back over to me? Yeah. OK. Uh, my number five is going to be Fleet Fox's Shore. Uh, my highlights are going to be Sunblind. I don't know if it's Yara or Jara. I think it's Yara. Um And then Young Man's Game. But I, I I just think this is a really fun step for Fleet Foxes to make a more upbeat, I don't want to call it happy, because I don't know if it's like necessarily happy, but it's a happier sounding record. And I think they do a really good job. Um, I know I've told you this, Jake, but I don't think it quite reaches some of the highs of Crack Up. Um, I still think 3rd of May is one of my favorite songs in the world, and I don't think they have anything that quite hits that on shore. But I think it's really solid from front to back. Their instrumentation is great. Pecknold's vocals are great. They still do the awesome harmonies. Like From front to back, it's an awesome record. Um, just maybe doesn't quite have the highlights of some previous Fleet Foxes records. Um, and then number four is another one that we've talked about on an episode that'll never be spoken of, which is Adrian Lenker's Songs and Instrumentals. Mm. And my three favorites on this, which are kind of hard to pick out, um, but are going to be Two Reverse, Half Return, and Not A Lot, Just Forever. But this album is just beautiful from start to finish, and I don't have a better word for it than that. It really kind of puts you in a different place uh it's very bare bones it's just guitar and singing and some sort of nature sounds um but i i hadn't heard any of linker's stuff before this album came out and and she's a fantastic artist an amazing guitar player and her vocals are awesome so number four number four all right, I guess we pass it back over to me.
0: My number four is the one you've all been waiting for. It is Carly Rae Jepsen's Dedicated Side B. Um, she kind of dropped this on us like right in the summer, and to me, this was just the perfect summer pop like album. Like I listen to this all the time throughout the summer, and it's what got my Spotify so ridiculously bloated with Carly Rae Jepsen, Jepsen listens this year. Um, some highlights, uh, window. Oh god, they're all so good. Um, comeback <laughs> featuring bleachers is kind of a different, um, different vibe. It's a little bit slower, but Jack Antonoff, kind of, It's they call it a bleachers feature. He doesn't sing a lot in it, but like you can hear the instrument, like instrumentation, um, his influence there. And then this is what they say. A um, lot of fun. It kind of. But um, This Is What They Say especially has that, like, synth sound that was, like, like it was, like, in Dua Lipa's album and in The Weeknd's album that just kind of – it was fun. It was in the summer. People were trying to have fun while sitting on their couch inside. Um, something fun to, like, dance to. And Carly drops and nails it every time. What else can I say? Um, so that's my four. I have another one, right?
1: You do.
0: Um, so my number – Three album is run the jewels four by run the jewels um i think really just lp can produce the shit out of a rap record and yeah like every song on this album sounds awesome and i like as someone who doesn't listen to that much like hip-hop at all i listen to this album so much i that my top genre. One of my top four genres was rap on Spotify, and I'm pretty sure it was exclusively this album. Um, <laughs> I just had this on repeat. It was it was great. Um, a good mix of like fun lyrics and like social commentary. I don't know. They they, they had a lot of opinions that they wrote into this <laughs> this album. Let's just say
1: that they did. They had a few.
0: Uh. So my highlights. Holy calamity! Uh, walking in the snow and just okay just has zach de la roche with um and the machine um, kind of in the mix in the chorus and he has a verse in there um, it's pretty fun and yeah really well produced hip-hop album sounds awesome um that's my third
1: can i steal actually three in a row here yeah okay That'll, that'll put you at two, right? Well, it'll, it'll give me to one because I've I only have three, two, one left. But okay, I'm kind of um, worried
0: about what your one is.
1: No, the way I've done um my like albums this year, I actually had them in tiers, so I had to rush to to put them in ten to one order okay. a, as we started. But um, I think the top three have to to keep my original construct, which was I, I actually am gonna say I have three albums of the year, which you're like that's bogus. You can't have three albums of the year. Mm-hmm. But if they're different but, genres or something,
3: I'll...
1: Yeah, but I make... I, I'm part of the podcast, so I make the rules, so here we go. Okay. Um, two of them, I, I think, have to be on any list of, like, what, what are we going to remember from 2020? And so, first, I'm going to have Run the Jewels with Run the Jewels 4. And I don't think you can look back at 2020, five, 10 years from now, um, and ignore some of the, the protests, some of the movements in support of, of racial and social inequality that happened this year. And I think RTJ4 is, like, the anthem of all of that. Um, like you said, my top three are going to be Holy Kalamafuck, uh, Walking in the Snow, and A Few Words to the Firing Squad. And I think Walking in the Snow in particular is one yeah. of the most powerful songs that has come out this year. And I, I think... literally
0: gasped when I, when I heard a couple lines in that song because it was so – because, like, they wrote the album –
1: they wrote Probably it before. In
0: November of 2019. Yeah. And then they released it like the week of like the um, George Floyd killing. Yeah. And it was just so, it just hit so many notes. It's that, like, chilling. Everyone was talking
1: about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's a great album and it came out at the perfect time. Um, and so that, that, that's what makes that one album of the year uh the other album of the year uh of 2020 is going to be charlie xcx's how i'm feeling now um honestly we're probably gonna look back in 20 years and we're we're gonna forget sadly about some of the movements and, and some of the protests that happened um because we suck as human beings but we will probably always remember that coronavirus 2020 happened and we some of us lost i feel like half of my life um this year but this album is the perfect pandemic record and maybe that's because it came out first and that's why you remember it but i think it captures this moment super well and so uh forever uh party for you and anthems would be my top three there potty for you but like you said it's good <laughs> It's good. potty on you I right, uh, dude you you mentioned that and i You can't not hear it. I
0: like. I waited so long to play that song again after that because I knew I was gonna hear it, and then I was like, "All right, I think I'm ready for it." And I made it through like half the song, but then I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was just a a little bit different of a way she said it in like a later bridge or something. Yeah. Uh, And I was just like, "Oh fuck!" I
1: heard Um, it, and I can't stop. My like favorite like mixing of universes is I like to pretend that party for you. And Betty are about the same people, and so party for you is like her throwing the party, and then in Betty, like the guy shows up to the party. Betty from from folklore, for those not following. Um, I just like to imagine that those things are happening simultaneously. I like that. It's a cute little thing that goes on in my head. Mm. Um. Okay, so then moving on, uh, if we sort of ignore the circumstances of 2020 and, and what made this year, uh, Waksahatchee, Saint Cloud. Is probably my favorite album from just like a straight music standpoint. Um I don't know like what it is about this record that makes it so appealing to me but like I listen to this and it, I just like I feel just like at peace and it it is just I don't know it's like the perfect record in my opinion. Um Can't Do Much, Lilacs and Hell would be my top three from this one um i don't know if this is on your list jake you probably do it more justice than i can but this I is just, my number one <laughs> I, I love this album it's, it's so good. good uh also griffin this is why you need to be on this podcast because clearly jake and i have some problems <laughs> yeah we're, I,
0: I was like i was listening to your list and i was like please put st cloud in like the bottom five
1: so, so that we can have a little variability number one.
3: you guys are just giving me music recommendations at this point i think my goal needs to be to keep up with uh keeping up with current music releases this year so i don't fall so far behind <laughs> uh
0: um yeah no um yeah like i said i'll kind of so that was your final three right
1: those are my final three
0: i'm actually really jealous of that little narrative you built because that's really cute and a lot more well thought out than, than I, I don't know it
1: just made sense to me when i was thinking about this and so i just went with it mm-hmm. so
0: yeah I'll, I'll hit my number two first is um Carolyn Rose, Superstar. And I know, Paul, I think I recommended this to you a while ago. You didn't really like it. And I feel about this record, like, the same way you kind of described um, St. Cloud. And the fact that just, like, this record, like, just, like, I love it. I don't know. It's just, like, doesn't really have anything to do with 20, but it's just... It's got emotion in it. It's got really cool synth noises that I'm all about. It's got some lady pop
1: esque features in it. How many points is lady pop worth for you in like the ranking of, of albums? Um, I, I don't
0: know. It's not my my number one's not a lady pop album. That's true. That's true. I have
1: does it get like an automatic like plus ten point boost for being lady pop? Um, it gets it gets some boost. Yeah, lady pop. I just love this album. It just
0: makes, like, I want to dance to it. I want to, like, groove to it. It's got some really cool stuff that she does. And um, some highlights. Um, Nothing's Impossible and Gotta Go My Own Way. Like, the first two off the track just pull you in. Um, Really cool synth noises going on there. And then um, I Took a Ride, which is the closing track. I really like that. It's like a closing track for this album. I think it does it, it does this whole album a lot of justice, and it's just it's cool. I don't know. And my number one, as Paul said,
1: took it out of my hands.
0: Um, <laughs> my say, is it both of
3: our number one? Or uh,
1: yeah, I think it probably is. Just if, yeah. if this was any other year,
0: yeah, it's americana just every noise that that comes out of that record when i spin it is just great um i'm trying to think my highlights are the eye hell and probably lilacs i don't know what yours were you said i can't head.
1: do much instead of the eye okay so two out of three. But the other two were the same <laughs> yeah honestly just like but like from the eye into
0: hell is like one of my favorite two song like stretches i just i don't know both those just hit me really well and uh, this whole album is really good i think you said it best it's just really good you know really good guitar
1: work it's so simple but something about it just works perfectly I, i can't put my finger on exactly what it is that keeps me coming back to this record but
0: there's some weird combination of her voice that sounds really raw, but so refined. Yeah, like like it sounds raw, but it's exactly what she wants it to sound like. Yeah, and it just—I don't know—it makes me want to run out in a field of flowers and dance, and like it's it it's so carefree.
1: I don't know. No, I I agree. It's, it's, I think it's, it's awesome. Free. Awesome, awesome album.
0: Listen to Saint Cloud
1: by Hatchie. That's the message. People at home. The other message that Jake and I, I think went <sighs> eight for ten on same albums or seven. seven Did for we really? Wasn't that we had
0: oh, Walks of Hatchie, Run the Jewels, Charlie, Samia, Folklore. That's half the weekend. Six. Seven.
3: Oh, it's okay. six. Okay. That's okay.
0: higher than I only five. six.
3: <laughs> only six. Yeah, even though I do dumb shit like call for Emma fun, I think you guys need some dissenting opinions in here.
1: We do, yeah. No, I... we we definitely do.
3: Yeah, um, I think
0: part of the problem too is we've been sharing so much music all like, so true. Year because of
1: quarantine and stuff. That but we we never talked about Run the Jewels or Walk to Hatchie.
0: No, we were even, just like, or you were just even like, really Samia.
1: I mean, we did for like. A day, and then like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was like, I really like this album, and you were like, yeah. <laughs> and then you came back later, and you're like, actually,
1: I really like this album too. I was like, Sweet. yeah. But I-, I had no idea that Walks Hatch" would be your number one. So good. I don't know. Like, I made my top ten.
0: Like, I picked which albums were on my top ten, and then I put them in order. And I, I think you did it differently, where you cumulatively like put an album above or below like other albums on a list over the course of the year that's what you you said something yeah i had
1: him in. i had him in tears
0: um yeah i did this definitely not like two days ago on a like shit i need to do this for the podcast
1: i've been sort of i've been sort of ranking them as the years gone on so it was a little bit easier for me
0: yeah i think if i would have done that i would have recommended deep sea diver earlier but it's really good. I Yeah, that was the one you said you hadn't heard. and
3: No. I was perusing end-of-the-year lists. And mm-hmm. everyone seems to be loving this Fiona Apple album. Oh,
1: yeah, Fetch the Bolt Cutters?
3: And I don't get it. And so I don't know if you guys get it or if you guys want to enlighten me on it. Fiona Apple's never been... Now, it's been someone that I've tried to get into several times and it just doesn't click for me. And I think I listened to the first half of Fetch Me the Bolt Cutters and just didn't finish it.
1: So yeah. I get it, but I don't hear it. If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. Like You understand I, why people enjoy it, but you're not enjoying it the same way yourself.
1: Yes, I think it is incredibly raw. Like What she talks about and how it is conveyed, I think is very unique um and to come from a person of her stature within like the music community i think makes it kind of special um at the same time though i like cannot really get into it um if that makes sense i think is kind of why it's garnered so much praise
3: yeah
0: yeah i i agree for the most part it's it's the listenability for me i can't like you said, I, I stopped listening to the album. Like even if I'm like really busy and doing something, I'm like I'll be like doing chores around my apartment. I was like, oh, I'll put on fetch the board cutters. I'm like it just sounds like someone like threw a cat on a piano. I think that's, yeah. that. that's You what know what it, like, it like
1: reminds me of a little bit? Um, and yeah. like not like to the complete extent, um, is kind of the way I felt about to pimp a butterfly, in that like I get that it is like the messages in there are crazy and the way it's put together is is audacious and done perfectly, but like I cannot get through it. Like it is just so like right. I think that one's more dense than fetch the bullet cutters, which is just like I off think the wall at times.
3: I agree with you in that comparison. I think there are peaks on Topimpa Butterfly though, and there's moments of like musical genius in Topimpa Butterfly to go along with the uh, cultural genius, that what he's trying to say, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, Fetch the bull cutter is, I think, is all message and no, no music for me. Um, I think
1: there are times it comes through like Shamika, um, Cosmonauts,
3: and then um, even, shoot, let me, um, I think
1: Ladies at times, despite how heavy that song can be, yeah. Um, also comes in like I, it's it's I don't know, but it's 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 more intertwined, I think, as you're saying. Like it, it's very heavy to listen to.
3: The ten out of ten on Pitchfork just threw me for a loop. I was like, "What is it?" <sighs> that's
1: Pitchfork for you. First one in a decade.
3: Anyway, that's all I've got. You guys um, lists and I I wrote down some stuff to check yeah,
0: out. Yeah, I'm looking. I, there weren't really any runner-ups that i felt like i need to honorable mentions um that bombay bicycle club record honestly um was in contention for me um jesse wears what's your pleasure really fun dancing
1: that's a fun album. album that is a fun album um,
0: yeah if you just want to put something on just kind of like groove and dance a little bit jesse wears what's your pleasure um heim's album was on my short list and i'll say soccer mommy um, is kind of in that same like indie rock pop thing. Um, Color Theory was her album this year. I really liked that as well.
1: I had Sylvan Esso's Free Love um, coming in sort of in the honorable mention category as well. Um, it's, it's just short, I think is probably its biggest drawback, and that's coming from someone who likes short albums. Um, yeah. it's, it just feels like there's not enough to it. It's like 22 minutes, I think.
0: Yeah, and what, what killed that album for me was, and this is, I guess, part of my evaluation process in general, which I should have started with, but here we are. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to get this point across, but it's fine. So when I think of, like, what makes an album good, like, like, I know, Paul, you have your moments theory, and that's important, but to me also, like, if you release, like, a bunch of singles, and then those singles are the only moments that I like, I'm not going to... Say the album as a whole is good, and that's kind of a flawed evaluation process. And here's where it gets really flawed. So, like, you could argue that the Avalanche's album did exactly that because every song I have hearted that has a cool moment on it was released as a single. I think just about, and it works. I think it's one of the best albums of the year because I didn't listen to any of those singles whenever. Yeah, you didn't. You had heard
1: ahead of time. Yeah.
0: Or like, I mean, if you release these singles like months in advance that kind of kills it for me you know if you release a couple singles like a week before and then the whole album i'm a lot more likely to like the album then i
3: also think what what you're getting at a little bit though jake and correct me if i'm totally misreading it is like cohesiveness right and so there's there's the moments i think that's important but if the album itself isn't a cohesive whole then it falls apart and so with the avalanches you've got you've got moments on the singles but everything else ties the record together where it feels like a singular body of work
0: yeah i would rather listen to the whole album than just the singles that i have hearted on spotify and that helps in that specific case a lot too
3: for me i think a great album is greater than the sum of its parts and i know that's cliche but it's the whole thing as a body of work as a piece of art Adds up to something that's better than just the individual songs listened to on their own. That's what yeah. I really look for when I'm looking for an album that I that I love. And I think most of my top albums of all time fall into that category of, you know, you almost have to listen to it from front to back to really get the full experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So your top albums of all time, just Radiohead's discography. Exactly. Just just, just Radiohead.
1: <laughs>
3: Radiohead and Arcade Fire. <laughs> Little bit of lcd sound system thrown in and that's it
0: mm-hmm.
3: well that's another podcast the the you know top 10 personal favorite albums of all time is something oh, we can do here oh that'd be hard that's a lot harder yeah
1: i don't know i don't know about that one that's ambitious
3: it would be fun though
1: if we make it to 100 episodes we'll just... do that as
0: our 100th episode i like it you heard it here first okay listeners paul i've I listeners, it's your job to keep us accountable for this. Keep us honest on that one. We know there's a ton of you out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody got any other closing thoughts, words? I think we've talked their ears off long enough.
3: I think we I have to. We can do some of those um, some We can do that. some B-Wows next time. All Paul's B-Wows that he suggested before the show, I adore all of them, so we'll do some. There was an album, I had no idea what it was in there. <laughs>
1: I'll just... Oh, shoot, which one? I
3: don't <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, all of those albums are... are it was huge. the first one. Yeah, well,
1: okay, so so for the listeners out there, we Sailor's like the guy? B-Wow concept a lot, um, but if we don't... We've done all the easy ones, so we need to start coordinating them ahead of time to make sure we're all good to go.
3: So which ones did I miss? Um, we did Charlie um, I mean, XCX. How okay. I'm Feeling Now. And then Man on Man the Moon. Man on the Moon. One. And
1: off to the races. Okay. And then um, vampire. World. World.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The contenders for next time. Um, these were Paul's suggestions: are A Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire, Is This It by The Strokes, Blonde and Channel Orange by Frank Ocean, and Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper. All of them, I could, I could do a while on. I, I was really do... just gunning for things Griffin could be able to do a BOL
1: on that Jake and I also might be able to do a B-Wall on. I was like, I could do suburbs.
0: Is this it or
1: acid rap? And that,
0: an acid yeah. rap. I know like four songs on that album. Not the Frank talk about.
1: Yeah, we'll just need to. we we'll just need to start planning these out a little bit better. But yeah, sounds good. Cool. Cool. All right. Happy New Years.
0: Thank you guys for listening. Happy New Years. Happy New Years. Signing off. Cut.
1: Adios.